0: Welcome to this week's personal finance podcast. I'm Lenora Walters and joining me today are Emma Ajimang, personal finance writer at Investors Chronicle, and Daniel Godfrey, co-founder of the People's Trust, an investment trust which is due to launch in the autumn. Daniel, can you tell us a bit about this new investment trust and what it's aiming to do?
1: Well, thanks very much, uh, Lenora. Uh, the purpose behind the People's Trust is founded on a belief that the reason why people invest is to achieve what I would describe as sustainable wealth creation. And that if we look at the main part of the financial services industry and capital markets and at their business models, that doesn't appear to be the core purpose. And so what the People's Trust is trying to do is to provide a long-term savings people savings vehicle for anyone which is absolutely focused on Long term sustainable value creation. And we believe that by doing that, by swapping short termism for long termism, by swapping an inclination to panic when markets get turbulent for steadfastness and an ability to put on your seatbelt, that we can actually improve the risk reward ratio. In other words, that shareholders who invest with the People's Trust for a long period of time may be able to look forward to better returns than they would get from most funds and most indices without having to take any additional risk. And when we look at what we've put together so far for the People's Trust, it does seem as though we are achieving the objective of having something that should be, in fact, lower risk than most funds and most markets. But again, over the longer term, we believe we can achieve what's called uh, an improved um, risk-adjusted return in the long run.
0: Daniel, what will the trust invest in and what will its strategy be?
1: Well, the People's Trust is uh, described as a global unconstrained investment trust. So it's a company listed on the stock exchange, like any investment trust, and we'll have the ability to inv- go anywhere and invest in anything. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you what we're planning to do at start. So a- at our launch, we're intending to work with five uh, equity fund managers, all of whom have been chosen on the basis of their ability, uh, their process, and their track record in managing money. That the way we want it to be managed which is essentially asking fund managers to identify the companies they're most excited about in terms of their ability to create wealth sustainably over long periods of time and by that we're talking five years plus and our own measurement period is set at seven years so we are working with Artemis uh, with Mark Nisnik who's going to run a UK smaller companies portfolio Uh, We're working with a French firm, a partnership called Comgest, uh, who've been uh, working in this style for almost 30 years to run a pan-European equity portfolio. We're working with uh, J.O. Hambro Capital Management and one of their rising younger managers called Ben Leyland, uh, running a global large-cap portfolio. Uh, we're going to work with First State Stuart Asia. Uh, the whole team, chaired by the managing partner of their Hong Kong office, Martin Lau, are going to be providing a pan-Asian, uh, including Japan, uh, strategy for us. And finally, we're working with... Uh, Lansdowne Partners who have a fund manager called Pearl Akanda, who's been running an incredibly interesting clean energy strategy there and we've been able to get access to that strategy uh, for our shareholders and then finally we have a small uh, segment of our portfolio initially one percent potentially rising as high as five percent in the future which will be run uh, investing in what we describe as social impact enterprises that's typically community interest companies and charities. Now, this is not a philanthropic exercise. This involves typically making loans to these community interest companies and charities and typically to help them scale up a service they're already running, which has uh, a successful financial model. So we're helping them get access to the capital they need to grow the services that are already delivering significant uh, positive social impacts in some of the most deprived areas of the country, but on which they're making enough profit to pay their interest and repay the loans we make. And that element of the portfolio, albeit small, we would target a return of around 4%. So it'll be slightly less than the target return we have on the main portfolio, which is CPI plus 5%. But at the level we have i think it will be a a a very very small drag on performance but doing something that's really a very obvious and very direct good for society
0: okay interesting now you say that you are going to measure your managers over roughly seven years um under what circumstances would you consider changing the manager's Mm. Before seven years is up?
1: Yeah, so it's a really good question because, of course, um, you know, you could say by giving managers, which I th- is our thesis, by giving managers seven year contracts and telling them to go out and find the companies that they really believe can deliver over that sort of time period, the question, of course, would be well, aren't you just giving them a free pass? Uh, and the answer to that is no. Of course, we will be talking to them regularly about what they're doing, why they're doing it, how it's going. And we do expect turnover to be pretty low. Uh, and in general, We've, been, we've chosen them precisely because we think they will be successful and, and more successful with this sort of mandate, where they're not under pressure that if it takes three or four years for some of their investment decisions to really come through, that they're going to suddenly be fired. But the sorts of grounds on which we might terminate a contract with a manager early would be things like key person loss. Uh, things like what's described in the industry as style drift. That means where a manager starts managing the portfolio in a different way uh, to the way in which we originally hired them. Uh, it might be change of control of the company, which of course can unsettle people. Uh, it might be regulatory implosion. So there are a number of mm. reasons. And, I, sorry, and one other would be what we would describe as excess asset gathering. So it's definitely a feature of many funds that they can get so large that returns start being diluted. So we're to all the managers about how much they think they can run successfully in the strategy that we've given them a mandate to run and we might agree a capacity cap uh, over which they wouldn't go and then if they went out and raised a lot more money than that that could be a reason uh, for us to uh, move move somewhere else.
0: Okay now what will your role be at the People's Trust and how will um, your background and experience help hmm. you in that?
1: Well I, I've, be- I've been in the industry for about 30 years. Uh, Uh, not as a money manager, Uh, but I think in those 30 years I have seen many things that I believe are not done as well as they should be and which I believe shortchange not only investors but also the economy more broadly. Uh, I'm not a particularly uh, academic person, not even particularly a a clever person, but I think when you see uh, features of the way the industry runs which you believe are wrong, Uh, it's possible to build a theory for how things could be done right. And that's what we're trying to do at the People's Trust. So my role will to be uh, effectively the chief executive of the trust, working on behalf of shareholders uh, to ensure that we appoint the right suppliers and to ensure that we exercise effective governance over those suppliers and support for those suppliers to help them do uh, the best possible job. And, of course, it'll be my role to ensure that we communicate with shareholders, uh, that we answer their questions, and that we run an efficient and well-managed ship. And, of course, one of the great benefits of being an independent investment trust uh, is that all of the economies of scale as we grow uh, go to our shareholders. And it's my job to make sure that we uh, can secure the economies of scale as they are available.
0: Okay. Now, there are already a number of multi-manager funds um, available to private investors in the UK, um, including two other investment trusts, Alliance Trust and Witten. How will the People's Trust be different to these existing funds?
1: Well, I think both of those companies have excellent structures. Um, And so, I, I wouldn't say that we are going to be better than either of these. Uh, I think that it's entirely possible the way that we're all structured, uh, that we'll all do well. And I think that's what shareholders want. You can't predict now who's going to be best over the next 10, 15, 20 years. What you can, I think, choose, select for is companies that are setting themselves up to provide a good return uh, for you as a shareholder over a long period of time. So I suppose the differences between us would be, in particular uh, for the People's Trust, that our objective is really clearly articulated. And it's articulated as saying that we aim to optimise total returns over long periods of time whilst being very careful of not exposing shareholders to permanent loss of capital that we are really ambivalent about short-term volatility, although as it happens, it looks as though our fund will probably have less short-term volatility than the market. And we have a very clear target, which is to deliver, uh, as I've said momentarily before, uh, consumer price inflation plus 5%, but measured over rolling seven-year periods. So I think that's a very clear explanation up front of what you might expect to get back. Now, it's important to... Uh, um, Put a bit more colour around that and say that that target is what you might expect to get back in a typical seven-year period. Of course, any particular seven-year period may, will not be typical. And so what we're additionally proposing to do is to explain after our first seven years and then every year thereafter... Why we've achieved the returns we've achieved, and to explain what component of that return may have been down to luck, either good or bad, and what's been down to skill, either skill that's added value or skill that's detracted from value. And every year, on receipt of that report, shareholders will have an opportunity to vote on satisfaction or dissatisfaction with that report. And if they're dissatisfied, uh, then the chief executive would intend to stand down and invite someone else to uh, try and do a better job. So we're very accountable to shareholders. I think, secondly, our, our um, selection of managers, which is only five, and the very high uh, conviction approach we are uh, trying to provide them with, we believe is optimising that opportunity to deliver better returns uh, without increasing risk.
0: Yeah. Okay, now you're actually using the same investment consultancy to select your managers that Alliance Trust used to select its underlying managers and Witten consults and this consultancy is called Willis-Towers-Watson but doesn't this mean there's risk of overlap especially as you have two of the same underlying managers as one of those funds namely Artemis and Lansdowne?
1: well again that's uh, that's a good question and it's good to have the opportunity to um, explain that so uh, in our case uh, Willis Towers Watson have been providing us with access to their very extensive fund manager research capabilities worldwide uh, and as well as me having brought some uh, fund managers to the table which they've then analysed and given their opinion on uh, they have brought some to us and said they believe that these uh, uh, match the characteristics that we are in particular looking for so in each case there's somewhat there's a somewhat different mandate so uh, anyone who goes online for instance will see this alliance's objective is to achieve uh, I think the MSCI world index return plus two percent per annum over rolling three-year periods and that's really a very different target to inflation plus five over rolling seven-year periods. so the job has been somewhat different so our board has selected managers that we believe can do that, and you also managed m- mentioned two managers uh, who overlap uh, Artemis, uh, but of course, although it's Artemis the firm overlaps, it's not Artemis the fund manager or the strategy. So uh, that we are using Mark Nisnik for UK smaller companies, uh, the other fund isn't. And in this, in the context of Lansdown as well, I believe that is a, a more mainstream hedge fund portfolio that's being used by the other funds, whereas we are uh, tapping into the very Considerable uh, analytical capabilities and experience of Perlacander specifically to run a clean energy portfolio. So for us, it it may as well be a different firm from that perspective. We are choosing managers. not just because of the individual, the firm is important too, mm. but these are managers who will effectively be running their own portfolio. They're or not subject to a, to, yeah. a, to a house view mm. on any of their, uh, their assets.
0: Okay. Now, you think your ongoing charge is initially going to be 1.5%, but these days for an active fund, that's actually quite expensive. So why should new investors consider a fund charging 1.5% when, for example, they could pick up Alliance Trust of an ongoing charge of 0.54% and Witten, which is an ongoing charge of 0.79%. Okay.
1: Well, firstly, I'd say that uh, when I first uh, described the People's Trust, I said that we believed that the ongoing charge would be below 1.5%. And I think given the reputation that the investment industry is held in i wanted to be very prudent and ensure that i didn't give one number and then come out later with something higher so in fact i'm now confident that our ongoing charge will be some way below 1.5 percent i don't think it will be any more than 1.3 and i would hope that we can get it down a fair bit below that um if you take Witten as a case in point, uh, one of the differences between ourselves and Witten is that Witten uh, pays performance fees to some yeah. of its managers. So although it has this uh, ongoing charge ratio mm. of uh, 0.7 something, 0.79, uh,
0: 0.7
1: yeah. I think yeah. you'll find if you look back over the last mm. seven years that quite often it's been close oh, to yeah, one. Oh, yeah, well over one percent uh, when, uh, when uh,
0: the performance in. fee kicks
1: in. When the performance fee kicks in. And uh, mm. in our case, I think we won't be very much far, very far away from that with no performance fees. And given that Witten is going to be, you know, much larger than us at outset, uh, I think that's uh, probably justifies my view. Uh, actually, that paying performance fees in the long run will mean higher costs. We're working with managers who we believe can deliver. We believe they'll deliver attain the performance fees clearly the managers believe that too or they wouldn't offer them and they believe they'll earn more money by uh, getting performance fees so it's something i wrestled with in constructing mm. the people's trust because i've been very conscious about the level of cost and yeah. that people might point us out as having a lot a higher charge but in fact my view was that whilst using performance fees would have helped me uh, if you like reduce the sticker price Um, in the long run it would cost our shareholders money and so I've chosen to go with the higher sticker price because I believe it will be uh, better value in the long run and of course as we grow we will get cheaper Um, and we have to start somewhere so um, I believe that we can deliver the returns we're looking for within these costs um, and that we'll get cheaper as we get bigger.
0: Okay now you've chosen an investment trust structure rather than an open-ended fund why did you go for this?
1: I think there are a number of reasons for that. Uh, One is that I think it's much uh, easier for people to understand in an investment trust because they are shareholders of a listed company that collectively they own this vehicle, that it belongs to them and therefore it really should be run for their benefit. And we can demonstrate, I believe, through our structure and governance that this really will be run for their benefit. Secondly, of course, you have a broader latitude of the types of investments you can invest in, and although at the outset we're primarily going to be investing in listed equities, uh, we do have the small element of social impact investment, uh, and in the future I think it's quite conceivable that we might want to invest part of the portfolio in unlisted securities or in property development or in infrastructure. Asset classes, which are a good match for our seven-year uh, time horizon.
0: Okay. Now, your initial public offering, or IPO, as it's known, is uh, due this autumn. Um, how much are you hoping to raise?
1: Well, we're hoping to raise, uh, I guess, £125 million plus. Uh, I think it would be viable somewhere below that. Um and if all the cherries line up on the on the machine when the the handles pulled uh, then maybe we could achieve significantly more than that i think you never really know what market conditions are going to be like at the time uh and how it will land when we actually publish our prospectus but i'm pretty confident that we can get to our, our min- to a minimum threshold i think it's uh, we have a good uh, chance to raise our our target Uh, And if we're fortunate and if uh, your listeners like this uh, and if uh, other uh, potential investors like the idea uh, of an investment trust, which uh, they believe can deliver better returns for them and have a better impact on society, then perhaps we can do very well indeed.
0: Okay, thank you, Daniel. A really helpful insight into your forthcoming launch.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Now, Emma, you've also been looking at investment trusts recently, including one of our IC top 100 funds, Hickel Infrastructure Company.
2: What does this fund invest in and has it made good returns for its shareholders? Hickle typically invests in infrastructure investments, including PPP, that's public private partnership projects, um, such as schools, hospitals and government accommodation. And these projects tend to have very stable income. The Trust has made good returns in the year ending 31st of March. It's had a NAV total return of 10.3%, which is above its target out of um, 78% a year. And it also has an attractive yield of around 4%.
0: Okay, that all sounds good. But Hickles actually just announced rather uh, a large change. What is this?
2: That's right. The trust manager, Tony Roper, who's been running it since its launch in 2006, has stepped down and Harry Seekins, who is a partner of a trust um, investment manager, Infrared, has taken over. Um, the move has been part of a two-year succession plan that was agreed with the board. So it's, you know, it's been in the offer for some while.
0: Okay. All right. So it's planned and they've yeah. got um, a succession in place. But should investors be worried if uh, Tony Vope is going, um, can these uh, really good returns uh, continue to
2: keep coming? Well, the analyst, analysts we spoke to didn't think there was any reason to worry because... The fact that this has been planned for some time. Mr. Seekins has a lot of experience and he's been at Infrared since 1998 and he's been kind of shadowing um, Mr. Roper um, for, for, you know, a few years. Um, Mr. Roper will also be remaining on Hickel's investment committee and so his expertise will still be available.
0: Okay. Is the trust changing in any other ways?
2: Yes, it is. So the Trust has continued the process of widening the type of assets it's investing away from the PPP projects um, as a number of these new projects um, are dwindling. So in order to to be able to widen its base, it's decided to go into more demand-based assets such as toll roads and regulated assets such as utilities.
0: Okay, that's uh, interesting and a slight departure. So what would be examples of some of these uh, other investments that it's recently uh, put
2: money into? Well, a couple of examples are an American toll road called Northwest Parkway, which the trust added last year. And recently, it's also bought a water-only company called Affinity Water. Okay. Introducing
0: these new investments, um, you know, is it all good or is there anything else that, um, you know, people need to be aware of?
2: There's definitely, you know, this increases the risk of um, the trust. It's definitely slightly higher up the risk scale than the PPP projects, which tend to have very stable, predictable income streams um, with demand-based assets that there's you know like toll roads, they face economic risks so if the economy slows down their revenues could be hit and with regulated assets they come with political risks so we've seen the conservative party talking about cap capping energy prices and the labor party talking about nationalizing water companies so that's definitely something for investors to bear in mind
0: Okay. Now, are there any other risks that investors need to consider regarding this trust?
2: Yes. Due to the steady high income on offer, this trust is trading at a high premium to NAV, um, which today is around 14.5%. So that's something that investors might want to look at.
0: That's quite a punchy
2: rating. Um, so is Hickel doing anything to try and reduce this? So, following the Affinity Water investment, Hickle is seeking to raise 205 million, or up to 260 million, and they will be issuing some shares at a premium to the latest um, dividend. XNAV of 147p.
0: Okay, thank you, Emma. And you can read her full update on Hickel in this week's magazine and on the website. Sticking with the subject of attractive dividends, you've also been looking at some investment trusts that have a very impressive record of increasing them. Which are these?
2: Yes, there are four investment trusts who've achieved 50 years of increased dividend growth and the latest to do so is Caledonia Investments. But earlier this year, Bankers Investment Trusts, Alliance Trusts and City of London Investment Trust or reach that milestone.
0: That's really impressive. But the question is, can Caledonia continue increasing
2: its dividend? So the analysts we spoke to felt confident that they would on the back of continued strong performance. And the trust also has lots of reserves which it can use to cover its dividend if it were to suffer a setback.
0: Okay. Now, Caledonia's investors um,
2: also have something else to look forward to this year. What is this? Yes. In addition to the increase in the normal dividend, the trust will also be paying out a special dividend of 100p.
0: Um, How come Caledonia can pay out 100p on top of its um,
2: existing dividend? Well, it's due to a number of really successful realisations that the trust has made recently. Um, most notably, the sale of one of its holdings, a holiday park operator called Park Holidays, which generated almost two hundred million pounds, and that's one of the reasons that the trust wants to, you know, distribute this to shareholders.
0: Okay, now things sound like they're riding high for Caledonia, but um, there's something that's not
2: so great. What is that? Well the trust is still trading at quite a wide discount to Ness Asset Valley, which today is around twelve and a half percent. One of the reasons for this could be because the trust has substantial exposure to unquoted investments. So that could be one of the reasons that it's, it's still trading at such a wide discount.
0: Okay, so the trade-off is uh, it might get uh, these nice sales, but you have to put up with this wide premium. And you can see Emma's full report with the list of investment trusts that have the longest records of dividend increases in this week's magazine and the website. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. So it just remains to thank Emma Ajiman personal finance writer at Investors Chronicle and Daniel Godfrey, co-founder of The People's Trust. You can read more on The People's Trust, Hickle Infrastructure Company and the investment trusts of the longest records of dividend increases in this week's issue of Investors Chronicle and the website.